Well, let's get into some word. Uh, 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 if you have a Bible, I invite you to go to Acts chapter 10. And uh, tonight, I want to minister the word. And then we will, most likely, we'll, of course, we'll minister healing. Most likely, it will be through the laying on of hands uh, when we're done speaking the word. Of course, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. That's why we start there. Then we lay hands on people. If you're new to all this and you said, I, I saw on the sign that people get healed of cancer or other things like that. Well, it's totally true. There's, nothing, there's no gimmicks going on here. And, uh, uh, but if you say, I don't even know how to do any of this, you, you're okay. You're totally okay. You're in the right place. And, and nothing's going to get weird except for, uh, wow, God's moving here. If, if that's weird, then yes. Uh, but you're not going to be, you know, when you come up later, sometimes people say, I don't know how to do this. You don't have to know how to do anything, and you're not going to be obligated to do something weird that, you know. You know, I mean, I don't know what everyone thinks when they drive by. We're not handling snakes. We're not drinking poison. <laughs> We're not, not doing anything. We're not here to take your money. You know, giving is free. Free will, I mean, you, you, you give as you want to. So uh, if you're hearing this is all new to you, that's cool. You know, it was new to everybody else at one point, too. Come on. Well, some people grew up in it. They did. Some people came to church as kids. That's awesome if they did that. And others didn't, right? And some came from churches that didn't do this kind of stuff, right? They never heard it, never did this healing business and all this kind of stuff and spirit-filled and power and demonstration and miracles and and, uh, and, and, and then they came in here, and whoa, yeah. it's a new ball game here. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, proof of the pudding's in the eating. Isn't that what Jesus said? Yeah. No, he didn't say that. Uh, I said that. But the scripture did say, taste and see that the Lord is good. So that's a participation. Check it out for yourself. Amen. See if there's any evidence of reality. Did you find Acts chapter 10? Verse 38 reads, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, of course, is very well known in his ministry for the, the preaching that he did, the teaching, how he spoke with authority, how he how he was kind and merciful to those who had sinned, how he was non-judgmental, and how he spoke harsh to the religious folks of the day. Jesus is well known for so many things, but one of the major parts of his ministry was healing. All right? He wasn't just a good preacher or a good prophet. He wasn't just someone who did good humanitarian works. Jesus brought healing to the sick. And that is one of the major reasons why multitudes of people would come to his meetings. People would seek him out because they had physical needs that, uh, you know, I mean, sickness is sickness. It stinks. <laughs> pain is pain. And it's, you know, it doesn't always give you gain. Uh, uh, Jesus came to heal the sick. This scripture refers to it as doing good. He went about doing good, healing 
healing people, doing good. So we could say that healing is a good thing, right? And, and, and I don't mean it's just good from, from our perspective. It's good from God's perspective, okay? Sickness here is referred to as oppression of the devil, yeah? So notice how God describes these conditions. Healing good, sickness, devil, demonic oppression, all right? Now, we could say then it would be good if you were healed today. We can say that with Scripture. Say, I don't even need the Scripture to know that. <laughs> Some people do, right? Because they have uh, been religiously brainwashed, and they twi they get twisted in their minds, and they start to think, yeah, sometimes sickness is a good thing. Sometimes it's a blessing, a blessing in disguise. No, stop of that. Stop all that stuff. Let's just go straight with the word. Healing is good. Amen. All right. If there's no healing, there's an absence of good. If no healings take place, nothing good happened <laughs> in that realm, anyway. And uh, and so healing is good. Sickness is demonic oppression. And again, this is God's definition. So we all know. Pain, no pain, okay, that's good. Uh, uh, but from God's perspective, when you are no longer suffering sickness and disease, God calls that a good thing. In fact, he put his spirit on Jesus so that uh, would be the result. You might, you might be familiar with uh, the book of James. Uh, are you working on this ringing? Keep working on it, please. <laughs> Uh, the book of James chapter 1 and verse 17 where he said, every good and perfect gift is from above. So, so what does that mean from above? It comes down from the Father of lights. Good things come from God. God is the giver of good gifts. And Acts 10.38 calls healing good. This verse says good comes from God. We could say healing comes from God. Amen? And so we should all be very clear that sickness, any sickness we suffer, is not a gift from God. Isn't that a mean gift? I know some of my uh, kids one year, they wrapped up some coal <laughs> to give to their youngest sibling. The two older ones did. Now, <laughs> See, that's mean. I know. They were having fun. But how many know that wasn't a good gift? <laughs> and uh, if you get other bad things in your life, stop trying to determine if that was God or not. It wasn't. Amen. He's not giving you coal unless you're a coal miner or something. Uh, uh, but, but we should be also about this same thing. Jesus was doing it. We should be in the business of doing good. If we're following his model, his example, Jesus did good and he healed. Well, if we're good Christians, many of us are, what should we be doing? We should be doing good and, and, and healing all who are oppressed with sickness and disease. Yeah, that would just be logical. He did that, we should do that. Say, well, he did that, we can't do that. Yes, we can. Absolutely we can. He, he wouldn't tell us to do something we couldn't do. Right. Now, uh, we see that Jesus did this. So that Acts 10.38 is talking about, is referring back to Jesus and his earthly ministry. But at the very beginning of the book of Acts, okay, so 
It's speaking of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's our recording of Jesus' earthly ministry. Acts is the next book. It's after Jesus was raised from the dead. But the writer of Acts, which was Luke, same one who wrote Luke, he said in the very first verse of this book, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1, he writes, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I want you to notice that he stuck that word in there, began. All that Jesus began to do and teach. What do you mean began? That means he didn't end. He didn't finish. So even though Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, went to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, it is described by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that his earthly ministry was a beginning of these works. So Jesus' healing ministry didn't stop when he, when he went to heaven. Say, well, how does he do his healing ministry if he's gone? He does it through me. He does it through you. Uh, we could say it this way, as the scriptures does. He is the head. We are the body. All right. How does your head get things done? Through the body. Your head's sending signals. Telling your, your legs to walk and your hands to stretch out and your, your head moves through the body. Same way God works today. That's why when someone says, well, how can we do this healing? It's really just us being responsive to the head. He directs us, but then his power flows through us. And that's how the healing ministry of Jesus continues to this very day. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we ever want to discover what he thinks about sickness and disease today, we can easily go back and see what he thought about it when he was on earth. When he was in his ministry, how did he react to people who had sickness, disease, physical ailments? What did he do? He went about doing good and healing who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that's still his attitude today. He does not change. He did not switch gears when he went to heaven and say, now I kind of like your sickness. Now, I, now I'm really somewhat fond of your disease, and I would like you to bear the burden of this until you get to heaven. That's so wrong, okay? He, he didn't change. He's the same as he used to be. And amen. And so if, I would say again, if Jesus spent a good portion of his ministry in the healing business, then uh, we should too, okay? Now, I don't know how you think about this, but let me just, because uh, I'm not intending to put anyone down uh, by any means, but I wouldn't go to a church, not with what I know. I realize some don't know these things and they would. I wouldn't go to a church that didn't have healing as a part of their ministry, because they're leaving out a huge chunk of what God did. It's like, well, Jesus needed to have these miracles and signs and wonders to do his ministry. What, but we're such better preachers today that we don't need it? <laughs> he was a better preacher than me, a better teacher than me, a better everything than me, and he still needed the miracles to get the job done. And I'm telling you, we do too. We need the power of God to get the gospel out in an effective manner. And if it, for no other reason... People are hurting. People suffer with problems. Some of them die early. 
We want to jump in the middle of this and interrupt it. Interrupt the death process so we can live full lives and live quality lives while we're here. God is glorified in that. And, and, and so the ministry of Jesus then is a direct revelation of the will of God for all of us. We can always discover His will perfectly by looking at Him. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 8 is where I want to go next. And there, there was a, a situation with a guy with leprosy. I don't know if anyone here has ever had leprosy. I'm going to guess no. It does exist in the planet today. Uh, there are some natural cures now that didn't exist back then uh, to leprosy. But I, I, there was a guy who got healed of leprosy, and we want to read about him. Okay, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It, it reads, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, I don't know how much you know about leprosy. I don't know a ton about it. Uh, but I know it was a very horrible disease. Um, people with leprosy... Um, would often lose sensitivity in their limbs. And, and so how many know if you can't feel something, uh, you're going to touch some things you shouldn't touch. You're gonna, things are going to poke you and you're not going to know about it. Someone could potentially twist an ankle and not feel it. Say, that's a blessing. <laughs> no, not when they keep walking and do more damage or hurt themselves in some way. And they, you know, our natural nerves are going to tell us if we hurt ourselves or touch something hot or sharp, we're going to recoil. Why? To not perpetuate whatever was damaging us. But if someone had that disease, they often, it wasn't uncommon for them to lose fingers and different things like that. And so when we read about this, sometimes it doesn't really you know, flesh out as far as our imagination of what was going on. People who had leprosy was really brutal, okay? It was a horrible disease. And, and uh, in their day, uh, you know, it was considered incurable, at least to, at certain, to a certain extent. Um, these people had to live away from everybody else because they didn't want other people to get it. So the, the law then required them to separate from others. And and how many know that that compounds your misery? Not only do you have problems and ailments and suffering physically, you also lose your relationships because you can't be around people. I mean, talk about, you know, trouble. You have your family, but you have to move out. You have your friends, your associates, your work companions, all this, and you have to stop everything in your life because you have leprosy. You're an outcast. So this was real, really a social suffering as well. Um, but like I said, this disease was considered incurable. When, when Luke wrote his account of this same event, because Matthew wrote about it, Mark wrote about it, and Luke wrote about the same account. When Luke wrote about it, he used this language that, that, that this guy was full of leprosy. Okay, 
And uh, so Luke was, you know, as most people know, he was a physician. And so when Luke wrote about it, he said he was full of leprosy. So it's not like I got a little leprosy in my little finger here. And uh, now he was full of it. So this was a really bad case of leprosy. Now, when, when something is considered incurable, in one sense, that could be a positive. So how, how could that be a positive if it's incurable? When you find out about the Lord and his promise, his word to you, when, when I know that I can't rely on a doctor, when I can't rely on medicine or a surgery, I have only one hope, and that is to believe God. Then I'm not having plan B. Well, I'll go to that healing service over there, but if it doesn't work, I've got a surgery scheduled for, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> See, then our interests are divided. Our, our focus is divided. See, we have learned to be very uncommitted in our culture. When I say uncommitted, we always have options to get out of things, right? I mean, and I'm not saying this as a criticism because we take advantage of this too. Sometimes you buy things knowing I can take this back, right? We order things online now. We know I'm going to order this online. If I like it, I keep it. If I don't, I send it right back. Right. And so we're, we're kind of used to that in our mentality. We, in other words, we can experience a lot of life without really being committed to something. How many know if we were, we would make more thoughtful uh, considerations about our decisions, what we purchase, where we go. Uh, and, and, but the way society is, we don't have to do that. The challenge is, is when we bring that over into our faith. And we bring that over into our relationship with God, where we think, I'll, I'll give this a shot and maybe hopefully it'll work out. Maybe it won't work out. And we always got these other plans. All right. I, I want to encourage you to, whether you're, you have a condition that's incurable, good, then you're a setup for success here tonight. Okay. Uh, but if you have something that, ah, I can get this fixed another way, you got to get that out of your mind. You got to set that aside and say, no, I don't have another plan. No, I don't have a backup here in this situation. I'm going in with the Lord and I'm just going to get it from him, period. Not, well, Lord, if you don't come through, then I'll do something else. See, that's one time. One thing is the benefit of this guy. He had this incurable disease. So he's going to the Lord and it's all or nothing. It's sink or swim. Come on. It's I'm getting healed or I'm going to die. And maybe some of you are here that way tonight. Smile about that. Right? Because you're not, you're not as tempted to compromise as some others are. Well, I guess I can, live, I can learn to live with this. No, that's a, that's a backup plan again. Learning to live with it? No, don't plan to learn to live with it. Because if you learn to live with it, you get to. You get to live with it. But if you say, I'm done living with this. Even if it's not going to kill me, I'm done living with this. I'm going, I'm going for the, the gold here. And so, uh, anyway, this guy, he said to the Lord, uh, if you are uh, willing, you can make me clean. I want you to note, notice what he did. He basically, he told the Lord, if you are willing, you can. You can. In other words, you're able. You can do this. You have the power. 
You have the ability to make me well. And this is referred to as worship. He worshiped him saying. He worshiped the Lord. How many know that honors God when you, um, you tell him, you acknowledge about him his mighty power? Yeah. Shall we practice that? Say it out loud. Say, Lord, Lord you can, you can. Make, me well. make me well. You can do this. You have the ability. You have the power to heal me. Did you enjoy that worship service right there? That was a worship service. Come on. That was a time of worship to the Lord. Yeah. And that's what he did. He worshiped him. And he had this other part that was the question, but this part he had, he had down. He knew that the Lord could do it. And then... Like many people, uh, you know, he questioned the willingness of God to heal him. And he said, if you're willing, you can do this. And do you see what Jesus' response to that was? It was un- it, no, no squabbling about it, no hemming, humming, hawing. He just said, I'm willing. I am willing. Be cleansed. You had, he had two, two issues there. And you had one question, I answered the second question, so here you go. Yeah. And, and, and let that be once and for all settled in your mind, the Lord's answer to the willing question. Does he want me well? How many know there was never a time in all of the ministry of Jesus where that question was posed to him and he said, Nah, not you. Not today. Nah. Sorry. That never happened. How many know if we preach that, we are departing from Scripture? Right? There's not even one mention of that. There's not even a hint of that. Let me say it another way. That we don't have one record of someone coming to Jesus for healing and Him turning them away. Not one. And for us to make up a, a, a new saying or preaching or doctrine or something that sometimes the Lord says yes and sometimes the Lord says no and sometimes the Lord says maybe or no we made that up I don't think we have the right to do that to him if I'm him I'm not but if I'm him I'm saying could you find me one example of scripture it's you know I, I saw a clip the other day a clip from that new popular uh, s- series about Jesus. And uh, I'm sure a lot of it, that series is, I haven't seen much of it. I- I'm sure a lot of it is good. But this particular clip that I saw uh, fired me up and in in not in a good way. <laughs> it was this little scene, and maybe some of you saw this, this little scene of, of Jesus talking to Someone he called Little, like Little James. I don't know who Little James is, and uh, maybe there was context that I didn't see. Little James had some kind of ailment. He was limping or something. So he had something physically wrong with him and was trying to get Jesus to heal him. And Jesus was basically in this, in the movie, this is not scripture now, in the movie telling him that you know, God was entrusting him to serve him with that condition. Like, almost like it was an honor because you have enough 
commitment, character to serve God, even though you have this illness. And I saw that, I thought, mm. <laughs> So why does it fire you up? Because some people believe that. Because of that stuff. That is nowhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Or in the epistles or Acts or anything. That's just not in there. I don't like it when they do that. Someone took their doctrine based on something they heard or maybe an experience, and they turned it into and they put it right in the mouth of Jesus. And then people see that and they think, yeah, the Lord may just want me to live with this. He's given me this special honor of carrying this disease and, sir, and honoring him with that. Well, that might sound logical in some circles, but it's just not correct. Jesus never said that to people. He did not teach that. And therefore, it's undermining of faith. All right? Listen, my friends, your condition or trial, whatever symptoms you may have, is not a gift from God. Jesus went about healing. He didn't go around handing out sickness. He didn't go around afflicting people. Not one time did he have a sickness line. You know, there are times when it says he laid his hands on everybody. And different, he ministered different ways. Never did he go around saying, you know, you can have blood disease, you can have weak bones, you can, you can have respiratory problems, you can get a bad back, you, you know, as a blessing. God is entrusting you with this. Ah, 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 that's a curse. It's a curse that results, came from father Satan and mother sin and has, is in the human race. And we have to deal with these things, not because of a blessing from God, but because of a curse. And I'm telling you, it's not the will of God for any of us. Leprosy wasn't the will of God. He didn't respond to this guy. Well, usually I let people live with their leprosy. And, uh, but you, you're, it's your lucky day. No, he just flat out said, you know, I can, you know, you know, I can do this and I want to. I want you to be healed. Be cleansed of this leprosy. And so Jesus, again, never turned anyone else away. But two important uh, connections here, two important things. One is the ability of God. I need to know that He can, and I need to know that He will. Everybody say it out loud. Say, He can, he can. and He will. And he will. Say, today's my, day. today's my day. He can, he can. and He will. If you believe that, then, then you can move forward to the point of contact. That's our prayer. That's our statement of faith. That's the laying on of hands. That's the action of faith that you take. You're ready to move to the next step. All right? He can do it. He wants to. Now we just put ourselves in a position to say, and tonight's my night. And this is the result that I will experience. You know how many people have done that before? Too many to count. They said, I'm going to get my healing from the Lord tonight. Lord, I accept and I do not reject. I believe and I receive. And the power of God flows mightily. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just give you a couple more thoughts here. I, I, like I said, uh, this, this issue with the leper is written in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Mark's account, uh, see, we get some details in different accounts. That's why it's helpful to have all three perspectives. 
But in Mark's account in chapter 1, it says that he came imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, what, what kind of image does that give you? He came kneeling down. Okay. Uh, again, the other used the language of worship. Kneeling shows humility to me. When he came up kneeling before the Lord, he's not pounding his chest and saying, I'm all that and demanding certain things happen. He came humbly. And how many know when we come before the Lord with humility, that says, I'm ready to do it your way. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to yield. I'm not here demanding my, that my way is right or anything like that. I come humbly before you. A humble person is ready to change. A humble person is ready to hear from the Lord to, to do things that, that may help them, okay? And so that's our heart. I think we should follow this guy's example. He had humility. Now, and then in the latter part of this, uh, it says uh, somewhere in here uh, <laughs> that Jesus, well, it's just right there, the next verse. Then Jesus uh, was moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. So, so what's the, the heart of the Lord towards someone who's sick, someone who's infirmed? His heart is not anger, I want to get you. His heart is not, you deserve this, you have this coming to you. Nothing like that. He is moved with compassion. I tell you, the Lord is still a compassionate God. If you've suffered and gone through much harm, even if you had a hand in, in bringing it, he's still compassionate towards you. And how many know compassion is different than sympathy? He doesn't just feel bad for you. Oh, I feel so bad. Let me send you a card. <laughs> His compassion moved him to do what he did. He was moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, not I'm sorry you're that way. I'm sorry you're suffering. I feel bad. No, move with compassion to do something. Yeah. All right. You know, that's what moves us as believe, many of us who are believers already. It moves us today, right? When we have the heart of God, we're moved with compassion to do something. Why would we have a service like this where we would take time to pray for, to lay hands on the sick and, and, and speak words of life and teach all this? Why would we do this? I, I mean, maybe there's some other motive somewhere, somehow, because we're not charging anything and the offering's already done, <laughs> right? There's no other motive. It's just, we, it's, it's the heart of God inside of us. He, he wants people well. I want people well. You want people well, uh, right? That's compassion and that's what moves the heart of God towards all of us. So, I mean, we could spend a long time talking just about that subject, but I think it's a valid question to ask. For ourselves, you know, Lord, are you compassionate towards me in my situation? I mean, I just have a little, you know, little leprosy on my little finger. Are you compassionate? <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? It might be a small thing. might not be deadly. might not. But it, is he still compassionate towards you? Absolutely. Or maybe it's a, a real life-threatening situation. He has compassion towards you to make a change. Amen? Amen? I know sometimes people wonder about what, why the Lord told them, uh, told this guy, you know, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Because, Pastor, isn't that different than what we say around here? We say, tell everybody. <laughs> Actually, when you read the whole thing, uh, if this is uh, Mark 1.45. It says, however, 
Jesus, see, well, let me go back up. Verse 44, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So he didn't tell them not to testify. He told them, do what the law commanded you, the law of Moses, bring this before them because they would clear people to be out in public and everything again. But also it would be a testimony to them. Okay, it goes on to say why he didn't want him going out and saying everything. Uh, in verse 46, however, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in, a desert, in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. Jesus would like to be able to go to town. <laughs> okay, now, I don't think we have that problem yet. Hopefully we get there. Where we have to say, you know, concerning that healing, uh, could you just tell a few people? <laughs> don't tell everyone yet because we're not going to be able to move around. And we don't want to go to the desert uh, because people are going to flock. Is that a good problem to have? <laughs> uh, but for now, you don't have to do the law and show yourself to the priests. Uh, so you may testify here. And uh, in this situation, Jesus knew what, what would happen, and it restricted his ministry. And he, was, uh, he wanted to have more measured ability to do what he needed to do at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, praise God. The Lord's the same Amen. yesterday, today, and forever. He's our healer today. Thank you, Lord. We don't even have to work up a sweat tonight. You know? So why not? We're not the healer. We're just the vehicle, just the, the vessel he flows through. And he'll flow through our hands and minister compassion to you. Healing will flow. Say, so is he able to do it? Come on now. He is able. Does he want to? Oh, he's been looking forward to this night all day. I just, I think he was, he couldn't wait for seven o'clock to come around. Because he could touch people and give them the very thing that Jesus died for. Amen. So we're going to do this tonight. We're going to lay hands on, on, on those who want healing in their body. And just let God's compassion move towards you and set you free. Praise God. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you're doing in here.